Yes, hello all. Welcome back. The, the AFL season starting up again. Uh, not with the men's competition, but with the women's competition. So obviously, we just have to get our mitts all around that. Now, Matthew, yes. how are you first and foremost? New year, uh, new year. Uh, yeah, new year, new me. Same rumpus room, Same though. rumpus room. It will be a new rumpus room soon. There will wow. be some renovations undergone. What a very temporary setup with just the two mics up. Um, but AFLW season, I know you yourself, obviously, the AFLW game's growing, uh, you know, slowly but surely in, in the last few years. So this is really your first year having a look at the AFLW. How are you feeling uh, heading into it? Are you excited? Oh, I'm excited. Look, I, I have watched bits of it yep. before. Uh, just, you know, not as heavily into it as the Menders. I'm sure a lot of AFL followers yeah, aren't. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing here. You know, obviously, we've got this podcast going and, you know, I'm sure we don't have the largest AFLW following given this is all we do for the AFLW, but I think it's a good opportunity for people who aren't into the AFLW to, to start to get to understand it, get to know it, and I guess alongside you, you learn more about it as we begin to follow the AFLW more and more every year. It is, and... Look, I remember watching the bits of the first season. Oh, yucky. Yeah. And it has improved a lot. It's, it improves every year. As, as I say, when I speak to the girls, obviously, the first year, the, that group of players, they missed out on all the foundation work. They missed out on all their juniors. They come from other sports. So, you know, skills weren't all there. And that's why you see so many young players absolutely dominating the AFLW because they've had that chance. So, so I'd say... I give it five to ten years before, maybe ten to fifteen, when all those older players retired, all the younger players are up to their mid thirties. I think AFLW catches up quality wise to, to AFL. Yeah, similar with like the WBBL. That's yeah. sort of that's they've had sort of miss out on yeah. those foundations, and then they just need that time to catch up. And once we've had, you know, nothing against the the current generation of players, they're all very good in their own rights, but. Once they go through and the new players of today and now the old generation, then I think we're going to start to see some some matching in quality. But we do look at uh, the AFLW season, some of the big news in the off-season. In terms of the trade period, you know, it's it's pretty regulation stuff. Uh, Melbourne did have a very big one. They finished in the prelim last year and they've brought in Taylor Harris, who's obviously yeah. probably the most well-known AFLW player. Just um, wanted a lot of money, didn't she? Yeah, she seems to be a certain sort of character. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, don't know her personally. Can't make a great judgment of character, but she, she's been at a couple clubs and, you know, she, she said a couple things that just make you go, mm-hmm, how dedicated are you to this really? Or are you just yeah. sort of here for the money? It's uh, an interesting one. Obviously, she is a good player. Yep. And with Melbourne, you know, they, they were good last year and then they've picked up, obviously, Taylor Harris. They're going to be even better. Yeah, and they've also picked up Liv now. I could say this wrong, Purcell or Purcell, who's, you know, key defender. It was All-Australian. Both of them have been All-Australian before. Liv Purcell, All-Australian last year, or maybe the year before, I believe, last year she had her ACL done, but from Geelong. And, you know, just both very, very good ta- talents, either bookend. So very exciting for them who did finish in a prelim. They've got some very good star quality there. Karen Paxman's one of the leading midfielders in the game. Um, she's got a very interesting haircut, Karen Paxman. It's a bit of a mohawk into a ponytail, yeah. so you probably, you've probably seen her before. I have. Very recognisable character and very good quality player, so be very exciting for Melbourne this year. In terms of the draft, uh, Charlie Rowbottom, the uh, sister of James Rowbottom, went pick one to the Suns, and it's a bit of a big thing because with the AFLW, they don't usually, with the draft, go in a state, the young girls. 
and she put her name up to go into state. So she's gone into state to the Suns. So absolutely huge for them. And Georgie Prasparkas, who is the younger sister of BNF, Maddie Prasparkas, who won it two years ago at age 19 or 20 for Carlton, uh, got picked up to Geelong with pick two. So both very exciting talents. And obviously our good friend Charlie Thomas yes. went to the Eagles at pick three. So she's also a very exciting one. Bella Lewis, who uh, was Eagles' best and fairest last year, only a half an hour ago, she um, she said Charlie Thomas is the best kick of the ball she's ever seen in the women's game. Wow! So that's a huge, uh, huge compliment. So yes, very exciting for for the future. And as we say, you know, it, it's a bit different to the AFL. Obviously, Matt Rout did what he did in his first four or five rounds, but these girls keep it up for the whole season where they're performing on the same level as some of the experienced players. And another big thing, COVID's impact on the game. I was discussing this with a couple of the girls. Um, you, you look at the Big Bash right now and how that's going with how COVID's impacting yeah. it. We would have thought by now we'd just be living with COVID. And in a lot of states we are, but also it's still heavily affecting how sports go ahead because you know we still have to quarantine, we still have to isolate whenever we do get COVID. So for these girls, if they get COVID... That's two weeks off. One girl gets it. A bunch could. They might have to get fill-in players. Teams may have to forfeit. You know, it really could just be who avoids COVID best wins the league this year. Are you are you feeling fit in case you do get the call up to um, an AFL side? AFL. When okay, start? I was about to say I don't think I'm good enough to make an AFLW <laughs> side. Don't think I'm good enough to make an AFL side. But if enough get COVID, they yeah, might not have a you'd choice. Assume. So I, I think you got to wonder where where the bar is. <laughs> Obviously, the Brisbane Heat they couldn't they couldn't get mm. enough fill-ins. And I think that was that was horrendous because the stars had to deal with it and just play these randoms, just yep. call up some suburban clubs. That's it. The stars did get some quality players. We won't get into that. That is <laughs> yeah. that is not why we're here. True. But you look at COVID's impact on the game, um, and a, a great quality player who's you know one of, one of the best in the league, Georgie Patricios. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Two-time Saint, best and fairest, at only 20 years old, refuses to be vaccinated. Mm. So she won't be playing this season, as it stands. Wow. So she hasn't been put on the uh, long, long-term long like injury list or the long-term off list. Yeah. Whatever. There's definitely a word that I've just completely forgotten there. But, you know, it, it looks like she won't be playing. They're holding out hope that she'll get vaccinated ahead of round one. But imagine that. Two-time best and fairest at 20 years old. It's like if Sam Walsh from Carlton just said, nah, boys, don't really plan on getting vaccinated this year. Have fun. Oh, it's really a, a big blow, isn't it? Yeah, you know, obviously the girls would, they, they say in the media, they're all getting around her. You know, it's her decision. It's her right You'd to make it. You'd be pretty pissed off. You'd be fuming. You'd be absolutely dirty. Just get the jab. <laughs> yeah, but look. Everyone's entitled to their own decision. Of course. You don't have to be forced to do it. If she doesn't want to do it, if she considers it, you know, more important than her career, her AFLW, whatever it is, if she considers it more important than that to not get vaccinated, it's completely her right. Of course. She'll have to suffer those consequences and she knows that. But you do look at COVID's impact on the game. How do you see it playing out, I guess? Do you think that... Uh, hubs is a viable option for them where they can go into to lockdown and isolate as teams. Um, you know, obviously the wet, the WA teams are going to have to go to Melbourne for the next three weeks at least after this week. How do you see it playing out this year? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, obviously, they had to change the fixtures so West Coast and Freo play that derby yep. to start. So they'll then go into state. I think they they're going to try and avoid hubs, but I think they'll just keep. Plowing along, it just depends how many 
players get COVID and how many fill-ins they can get and how weak teams become yeah. because when does it become a massive disadvantage? What if you're 4-0, and best team in the comp, and then 11 players go down with COVID and you're getting these random girls to fill in? And you, you can't just postpone it in the same way the Big Bash does because the Big Bash has, you know, it's games every day. Yeah, Whereas this exactly. is a weekly thing. Girls need a break, they need a layoff, and you don't want it. This is why they've started so much earlier this year. You don't want that huge crossover with the AFLW and the AFL season. Um, so, you know, you, you don't want that crossover, so you can't really extend the season too much. It's definitely going to be an absolute ramble. And you look at even with the AFL as well, I know we're talking about AFLW, but how, how does it work with the future of the game that yeah. if COVID's in, like, do we just treat it as a regular sickness? Do we just hope we get better vaccines? Do players have to go into lockdown every week? Like, I mean, I think in a couple of years it'll just be a flu, essentially, and... You, I don't think you'll be getting tested as much. I don't know. Yeah. And then, but then, like for this year, even when the AFL starts, so let's say I don't know, Essendon are near the top, and like lose all these players, like oh, you got to get these fill-ins, lose yeah. the next three to what bottom teams they'd normally be. Like, yeah, it's it's just sort of it's going to impact the season if that happens in a big way. I guess it could make it a little bit more exciting. It 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 would, but and I I also like the nicheness of it. Yeah. But it will also detriment teams that shouldn't be detrimented. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, we will look at the games this week. Oh, yep. um, so, Friday, 7th of Jan, 4.15pm, uh, Perth time at Skybus Stadium. Exciting little name. There's some great names to the grounds they use in the AFLW. Um, Skybus Stadium, St Kilda, who finished 11th last year, are taking on Richmond, who finished 10th last year. Now, St Kilda's best player, obviously, Patrikios, um, Looks to be unavailable for the whole season unless she changes her mind at some stage. Uh, Grigia or Grazia, something like that. She's she, very, very good player. Yes. Was leading goal scorer in her first season um, two years ago. And Ella Friend, who was pick four for them, are some very exciting players. But then you look at you look at Richmond, they've got big names. Monique Conti's one that a lot of people know. Katie Brennan's one that and, and a lot of people know. And Ellie McKenzie was last year's pick one, so... Maybe a very interesting game. What do you what do you know about these two teams, Matt? Uh, look, a little bit. Uh, St Kilda, uh, obviously, without that that superstar of theirs, uh, they're going to struggle. I think the best thing is though, it's hard to predict which teams are going to get better because yeah. every team you think is going to get better so is like which team's going to be the worst of the getting betters. Exactly, there will be definitely that, that element to it. Obviously, Richmond for for the the quality of players they have, tenth is a is a horrible finish. For them, you know, they should be definitely eyeing off finals, not, you know, finishing towards the bottom. And St Kilda, they probably are a little underdone in terms of squad depth. And, you know, when Patricio stars go, that's going to be absolutely huge for them. So, for me, I'm definitely putting Richmond to uh, take this game out here. Yeah, I'm going to go the Tigers as well. I think they'll get the win uh, by 28 points. Okay. Um, don't know if I'm going to put a point. You know what? 13 points for okay. the Tigers. But it could be an absolute... Uh, you know, rampant right now. Saturday, 8th of Jan, 2.10pm at Arden Street. North Melbourne are taking on Geelong, 6th versus 13th. Geelong second last last year. They lose Liv Purcell. Um, obviously, they've got Nina Morrison, who's absolutely sensational, and they've got uh, Georgie Prasparkas in at pick two, who, you know, could light the world up, absolutely, with no doubt. But North, though, they've got players that, you know, they've, they've got Gardner, Kearney, Riddle, that's just their midfield, absolutely insane team, North Melbourne. And another team where sixth doesn't really feel right for them. 
Um, how much do you know about these two teams as someone who's new to the game? Uh, North Melbourne, I like. They, they, they're a dangerous side. They're up and about. Um, also, uh, Geelong, you know, they were rubbish last year. Yep. No offence to Geelong. Yeah, no offence. Uh, North Melbourne, though, I like, I like what they're dishing up. I know a few of their players. I don't want to reveal too much because they're part of my predictions a bit later. Okay. But uh, I like North Melbourne. All right, so you're tipping them to go here? Yeah, they'll get the win. Yeah, I'm tipping them by, I'm going to say, a big 40-pointer here. Wow. They, they're definitely another team like Richmond, even though six is good. They've got a very star-studded quality team, North Melbourne. You know, bookends are just absolutely insane. So definitely a team we should be looking out for this year. Now, 4 p.m. at Whitten Oval. The Bulldogs are taking on Melbourne. Bulldogs finishing eighth last year. Melbourne finishing fourth. Melbourne obviously having those two huge ins. Um, they've got Karen Paxman as well, uh, Katie Hoare as well. Some very talented players, and for the Bulldogs, you know Blackburn, uh, Fitzgerald, Isabel Huntington's an absolutely you know goal freak, just one of the best key forwards in the game. So there's a lot going on between these two teams. As we say, Melbourne last year finishing fourth, but they look like they're going to improve. How do you see this game, Matt? Uh, the dogs. Uh, in the AFLW, they seem like the sort of team that at their best need to be able to knock off anyone, but at their worst will lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. Uh, Melbourne should be should be even stronger than last year, so you'd have to back Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne definitely seems the way to go with this one. And now the big derby uh, at Frio Oval, 5.50pm. What are you doing 5.50pm this Saturday, Matt? Oh, watching the derby. Awesome. You want to get tickets? Oh, yeah. Cool. Awesome, we'll go get some tickets. Okay. Fremantle, you sounded very reluctant. There. Oh, do you, look, do you have other plans on or something? I don't know. Okay. Who knows? You oh, know, might, get out, might get out of club lockdown. Oh, I didn't Mate, even think of that. Imagine the circuit, Fremantle Oval, game finishes, <laughs> walk down to Benny's. That would be huge. That'd be absolutely massive. You could just watch it from the GOG. Oh, you could. Watch it you from could. the Arbor Balcony. You really, you really could. Why pay for tickets when we yeah. can... All right, I'll see you at the Arbor Balcony this Saturday, 5.50pm. <laughs> Fremantle Oval. Fremantle, who finished fifth last year. West Coast finishing 12th. Fremantle, you know, huge underperformers. You know, in terms of AFL, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert. Last season was the first year I kept up with. But um, Fremantle and West Coast, two teams I know quite a bit about. Fremantle underperformed last year massively from the year before where they were undefeated. Uh, their form at the end of last season was just horrid. I think they... Lost, they won two of their last seven, I believe. So just, or, or six, so very, very poor end of the season from them. Um, but they do have some absolutely amazing players. Kiara Bowers is the best in the league. Uh, Janelle Cuthbert is one of the great, greatest key defenders in the league. Uh, they got Ebony Antonio, Gemma Hewton, who are just absolute stars of the game. But West Coast have a very good young side. They've got Isabel Lewis, Michaela Bowen, Dana Hooker, Charlie Thomas, our good friend. So, um, you know, it's, it's very exciting. But West Coast did get up in the scratch match. They did. They did swap teams at halftime, you know, pretty much a whole squad rotation at halftime. But uh, West Coast did get up, I believe, 13-odd points. So um, what do you see this game going down? Like Freeman, obviously, one of the best teams of the past few years without winning a flag on West Coast. Last year, you know, not great. Uh, yeah, I think West Coast will be better. Yep. But I think the Dockers will win. Uh, yeah, the Dockers were massive favourites to probably win the Premiership last year and it just didn't eventuate. No. Uh, I think West Coast will be a little bit more confident seeing they won that game in the scratch match. But uh, sometimes that creates a bit of false reality. It does. I think Fremantle... 
Last year, you just saw at the end of the season, their, I guess, their, their ability to play under pressure didn't help them. I believe it was Ebony Antonio in the final just screwed up a regulation bounce when she was just on a run on the wing to, to draw scores level or maybe even to get the lead, you know, in the last quarter. So, you know, I, I think their pressure needs to go up and some of their some of their draftees and Michaela Takarena, uh, you know, very speedy, small forward, could be absolutely huge for them. Um, but they're, they're definitely a side who... This precise team, I feel like their best days are maybe behind them a little bit. They've got a lot of experience, whereas West Coast is just only up from here. I'm going to back West Coast to take this one out. Really? Yeah. That's a huge call. Yeah, I'm going to back West Coast to take it. What about you, Fred? I'm going the Dockers. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm saying West Coast by eight Ooh. in an absolute thriller at Fremantle level under lights. Big call. Can't wait to watch from the Arbor. Now, obviously, this derby, huge Biggest thing to come to WA so far this year because we haven't had much this year. Yeah. Um, so I have had the pleasure of talking to one player from each team, Mim Strom from the Dockers, who was with us first round last season, and Bella Lewis was with us halfway through last year. Both very talented young players have had a great opportunity to speak to both of them. So I will shoot over to those interviews now. All right, and I've got Fremantle Dockers Ruckman and uh, a very good friend of the show in terms of AFLW players. We've got Mim Strom back for round one, second year in a row. Mim, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Oh, very good. Just excited to have you back now. I want to take a look back at last season before anything else. Obviously, you go into that season off the back of an undefeated season. You're going 4-0 and and then 2-3 and in the final five. Season doesn't quite end the way you want it to. How do you look back at last season from a team perspective and where do you think it was that the team, I guess, fell short last season? Yeah, last season was a, a bit disappointing um, towards the end there. We had a really good start, I thought, um, carrying on, especially from um, the season we did have with COVID. Um, definitely felt like there was some unfinished business there, but I think um, sort of fixating on that and not and not really changing and adapting adapting to the competition we sort of thought we could bring over that sort of form into the next season and without changing anything um and then obviously um that didn't work we had a new team different people and um I think what we've done this year is we've we we have changed it we're not just going um off like success I mean the whole competition's got better and I think we sort of just stayed the same whereas this year we've really um realised that we need to step it up as as much as the competition has stepped up and I think that's what we're doing this season. Okay, and you look at your season personally last season, you did finish with less hitouts per game than you did the year before, but it was a much more shared ruck role than the year before as well. Um, h- how do you feel about your own personal season as a whole? Do you feel you, you played up to the level you wanted? Were you happy with the amount of minutes you got in the ruck? Do you think maybe you could have had more time in the ruck compared to the season before? How do you feel about last season from your perspective? I think um, obviously last year was sort of the first, uh, sorry, two years ago was sort of thrown into it sort of thing. And um, I think everyone, I think everyone needs to step up their game each season. And I don't think I stepped it up. I reckon it sort of lulled and stayed, stayed the same sort of thing. Obviously did have the, the injury last year, the start of preseason, which I don't think brought me into the start of the season with enough fitness as I needed. Um, but I sort of st- still needed to play that role. And I think towards the end, I sort of found my form a bit. And I'm hoping to start this season with the fitness and and, and having trained 
um, as much as possible to get a good start and carry that through the whole season. Okay, and you talk about someone who obviously did improve last season, and that's uh, Kiara Bowers, best and fairest. Now, you'll tap in the ball down to her, you know, week in, week out, seeing how she goes. How amazing is it to see that quality of player firsthand, and how much of her success do you attribute to, you know, you tapping the ball down to her? Because the midfielders <laughs> are nothing without the ruck. Um, yeah, Kiara's, uh, I've talked about it in so many interviews, but I just, we're so um, sort of, um, jokingly mean to each other in person that um, it's kind of um, a shock when we talk about each other behind our backs. But no, she's literally the the most um, incredible person to watch and to learn off. Um, like like just to have one the the if not one of the if one of if not the best in the competition. Like like tapping to her is incredible, and I'm so lucky to get to work with her so closely in the midfield. Everyone's lucky to be you know, in the team with her, but yeah, just, yeah, we have a really good relationship and um, I feel like over the past few years that's built and I think, um, you know, having that sort of with the likes of Miller and Turbo in there for the for the last few years, I think we're really starting to get a good um, dynamic going and hopefully that can show out in, in the next season. And someone you just mentioned there, obviously there's been a big change for the club. Hayley Miller's taking over captaincy for 2022. She um, seems to be absolutely adored by all the girls and everyone at the club as a whole uh, seems to be a real favourite. From your perspective, what kind of a, a captain has Hayley been in her early tenure as a captain? And do you now feel a bit obliged to try and tap the ball down to her a bit more than you would maybe Kiara or someone else? Um, look, Hayley's, um, she's been there since day one, which is, is incredible to see her, you know, grow into that leadership role. She's, um, she's always been sort of a leader for the club. And I think she's really, um, since Juddy stepping down, Juddy, um, was an incredible leader and we were so lucky to have her. Um, but I think, (coughs) um, it's great to see, um, Hayley step up and I think she's really ready for it. She's been, um, in the leadership group for the the few years now and, um, she really has a good, relationship with everyone in the club and she really well we haven't seen her um take out the team yet but I I think this year is going to be really special and um I I'm so lucky to be led by her and the whole team is okay and as well as the changing captaincy as there would be every year there's a a lot of changes within the squad bit through the draft or the trade period you look at uh you know some of the additions to the squad who's really stood out to you in training or who's someone that you're really excited to play with or see how they go throughout this year yeah, so we've had a, a really great um, draft tour, I thought. Um, uh, personally for me, um, with the addition of um, <coughs> um, Sarah Wilstra in the ruck um, has been really um, awesome. And um, she's also new to rucking. She's only rucked uh, for a few years. But um, when I remember playing her, uh, I've only played a couple games for back in the waffle, but I remember playing her, um, she was at Swans, um, and I thought oh, gee, this girl's got some serious follow-up work. And um, I was really excited to have her drafted because she, her for, her play is um, a lot like mine. And um, I think helping her develop her right craft as well has helped me a lot. And, um, yeah, it's really good to have someone to chop out and, you know, verse in our scratch in our practice matches and um, intra-clubs, which is really cool. Um, so she's going to be exciting um, to watch. Um, other than that, uh, Michaela Tahakarena is a speedy little. Um, I'm so excited. Um, I hope she gets um, gets a game real soon because she's uh, incredible, and I think she's gonna blow the competition away with her speed. Um, and then like the Dana East is um, 
is really exciting. I, I hadn't seen her play um, before she came to the club, but um, she's got in- incredible tackle work. I would not like to be tackled by her. Um, coming from a basketball background, you know, um, it's really good to see players coming from other sports. Um, and there's a few more, but th- th- those those are those I'm looking forward to. Um, uh, Amy Franklin is really exciting up forward. I've played against her. It's not fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's going to be a really exciting um, exciting add to the team. It's nice to have a bit of a, another toll up there. Um, I'm really excited for Anya Tai um, to be back um, fighting fit. Hopefully um, she'll be getting games soon. Um, just even in our scratch match, I remember looking up and seeing another toll and I was like, it's just nice to <laughs> have, have a target to kick to. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, really exciting. Um, I hope we get a few um, debuts soon, yeah. All right, and your own off-season, uh, personally. Now, uh, 2020, you, you were talking about you were, you know, spending the spending it uh, on the beaches back home while everyone was stuck in lockdown. But last year, how did off-season look like for you in 2021? Were you just waiting to get back into pre-season? Were you continuing to work in your game in that time? What did it look like for you? Yeah, obviously everyone tries to take their, their time off and time away from the club and the competition just to sort of reset. And I think I did that a bit in Exmouth this year as well. Um, and then when it was time to, you know, when we were getting through our, our pre-pre-season running programs, it was really time to knuckle down, obviously, with the injury that I didn't realise, you know, how important it is to have a fully fit and healthy body and, and how much that fitness um, helps you um, during the game. So, um, yeah, really... F- you know, following that program, following our SNC, Kate Star's um, incredible and um, all her helpers to, to have us fit. And I think um, everyone sort of, you know, it's it's been like a, a thing we've needed um, in the past few years to set a standard we need to be doing this. But I feel like this year everyone sort of knew that standard and have, have gone above and beyond to be following that program. And, um, yeah, for me personally was focusing on my – running and stuff and I um, I think I've done that this year and I'm really um, hoping to take my game to another level now that I'm, you know, fighting fit. Okay, and uh, you, you were talking about earlier, you know, how much the, the competition improves every year and obviously with the influx of new draftees and the way that the women's game is developing at the juniors level and the amount of opportunities that are coming there, you know, you look at last season compared to the season before and I guess this season you've had that one scratch match. How much do you think the game has improved in just the short time that you've been within the game? Yeah, it's incredible. I've been lucky enough to be um, working with the club on some of our um, – you know, we've had uh, peak performance with some um, 14 to 17-year-olds. They're just incredible and I'm so scared for them <laughs> to come and take my spot. But in the next few years, the competition is just going to be incredible because, you know, they're starting at that young age, whereas most of most of our team have come from other sports, you know, soccer, basketball, netball, whatever it is. But now that, you know, young girls are seeing, oh, this is where I can go and they have these role models, you know, you, you can't be what you can't see and – now that they can see that, they're, um, yeah, it's it's just incredible, and um, you know we've got uh, right. we've got um, oh the the new draftees coming through, the young girls um, every year the the draft hall seems to be getting um, even better and better, and um, yeah, they're definitely going to be coming for some of the older older girls' spots, but I think that'll be good um, to push up the competition, and yeah, yeah, it's only going to grow, and um, yeah, I'm so excited to be a part of it. 
Okay, we were talking about that scratch match um, just before we did start recording, and obviously uh, you said you did go down in a loss, but we did come to an agreement that you were just lulling the Eagles into a false sense of security with that one. Just try and let them, what's that, their first win against you ever? So, you know, it doesn't really matter, doesn't count for anything. What, what was that pre-season scratchy like? You know, you get to see West Coast, who are obviously really your biggest rivals, I guess, throughout the competition. You get to see a bunch of girls you know and get to see how you're going within that and the, the girls around you were going within that. What, what was that pre-season scratchy like? Yeah, the Crosstown rivalry is always really fun, um, especially with the, the announcement of round one being the derby. Um, but, yeah, pre-season games are always super important because, you know, you've only been playing against each other and you really need to, you know, test it against another team to see – you know, if, if these are working, what's not working. And I think it was a really good um, learning curve for us. You know, you don't want to go out and smash anything for a preseason game. What are you going to learn from? So I think um, us losing was a real um, eye-opener. And I think, you know, one of our downfalls was our, our fumbling. And I think, um, you know, it was just that added pressure of, you know, we know how we play um, and we need to bring up our pressure sort of thing. So I think we've um, analysed that game. We've, we've put it to bed and um, I think we're going to take all our learning points and hopefully we can um, take down the Eagles this Saturday. Okay, now we will touch on that game a little bit sooner, uh, but you know, you, you look at the side as a whole, obviously you, you've been training with everyone for the whole preseason, who, who have, not just of the newcomers, but even of the people who have been there for five or however many years, who have been some people that have really uh, impressed you with how much they've improved and the work they've put in in this preseason? You know, who's the players we should be looking out for in 2022? Oh, wow, the improvement. <clears throat> I think um, looking at... Uh, Janelle Cuthbertson is a real um, amazing story. You know, she she came from tennis um, background, really high um, tennis status, and um, was playing at uh, the Angels, I believe. They didn't have a league team, so I have no idea how our recruiters or whatever were looking at her. They're very, they must be very smart because you know, in her first season, she she played incredible, and then racking up um, an All Australian in just her second season, and what second season of football in general is is so incredible and um she's yeah she's definitely someone I look up to and um and who else have we got uh improvement um uh, behind the scenes I think um Anne McMahon and Anya Ty have been working so so hard in um the 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 rehab groups and working back to get fighting fit and I think last year when I when I had my injury you you didn't really it was kind of the first time I'd been like wanted to do something and not been able to and just like going into that rehab group and realizing how hard these girls are working you know just to get back on that field is is really incredible so yeah I'm really really excited to see them um go out on the field and shine all right, and personally, obviously, we've got you on because you are our favourite player uh, from the Dockers. You know, you're our first ever guest on the AFLW podcast. So we want to know about your game individually. What do you hope to achieve this year? You know, what do you hope to bring to the table now with this added ruck depth to Fremantle? Do you hope to start going forward a bit more or really cement yourself as the number one ruck? What do you What do you hope to achieve this year personally? Yeah, I'm definitely hoping to step up from last year, you know, get those um, hit outs you know, more going my way as much as I can, but honestly, only as much as I can for the team. I want to play my role as best I can. And, um, you know, if that means, you know, going back when I need to, to help out the back line or, or you know, um, w- whatever it is I can do to help the team achieve that goal, I think 
yeah, that's that's my main focus. Not really personally, um, not looking to, you know, get anything particular, anything I can do to help the team because at the end of the day we're, we're there for a premiership and it, anyone, everyone's got their role and I want to play mine. Okay, and now round one is just, what, four days away for you against West Coast. It's going to be a huge one at Fremantle Oval, I believe it is, uh, about 5.30 or 5.50, around that time. But it's going, to, it's going to be a big one, obviously. First game of the season, West Coast get the win in the preseason scratch. You know, you've got this big derby. You know, how do you feel heading into this game as a whole? And, uh, you know, I guess, what are your predictions for the game? I'm sure it's for Fremantle to win, but uh, how do you see the game going? Yeah, a bit of... Bit of an underdog story after that loss in the in the scratchy, I reckon. Um, nah, definitely hoping to um, continue our our streak at the derbies, um, and it's going to be great to be um, back at Frio Oval for our first game. I think that'll be really exciting. Hopefully, um, you know, with everyone following the protocols, we can um, have a crowd there. Would be so exciting to have the Purple Army there. Um, yeah, look, we just we're just going to go out and um, try and you know, implement all our work through pre-season as much as we can and, um, you know, bring home the the win for the Purple Army. Okay, now, before I do let you go, I just want a few predictions uh, for the year for, for the Dockers as a whole. Um, who do you think is going to be the top goal scorer from the club this year? You talk about, you know, some of the small forwards who are pretty exciting. You talk about the obvious names that pop up every year. Who do you think is going to be our top goal scorer this year? Yeah, look, the obvious choice is probably... Um, Gemma Houghton, she's um super exciting. Can't wait to see her out there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go from left field. I'm gonna say on your tie. Just you know that uh, luck of the Irish. I can she's um I can she's ready to burst out and get some goals. And I want to see a big goal celebration from her too. Okay, now as much as as much as everyone uh, performed last year, there's a lot of top individual performers. Kiara Bowers was obviously the standout by. You'd say some distance. You know, she was absolutely amazing. Do you think she goes back-to-back, or who do you think is this year's best and fairest from the club? Who do you think is the top player? And don't be afraid to say yourself if you think you've got that in you this year. (laughs) Yeah, look, it's hard to go past Bowers. She's... Yeah, just such a dynamic player. I reckon, I reckon she'll, I reckon she'll go back to back. To be honest, but I reckon she's going to get some. Um, I reckon it's going to be a real close rivalry between her and um, I reckon Miller's going to have a big year captaincy. She's um, she's looking really good, and I think yeah, the the captaincy role will will really push her even further. And then I reckon um, you know Janelle got up there last year. I reckon she'll be fighting for it, but also um, Steph Kane on the wing. She's she's such an incredible. Um, player and definitely one of the best wings in the competition and she came second I believe last year so I reckon she'll be fighting for that top spot too. Okay now this may sound like a stupid question um, because I'm sure your answer is going to be a positive one but where do you think the club finishes in 2022? Do you think it's just easy number one? Do you think it's sort of the season where you guys just push for finals and see how you go? What's the goal for this year? Where do you think the club finishes? Yeah look there's no other option than top spot is there. We're all here for a premiership and um, you know I think it's 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 what we're working towards and um Obviously, the aim is, you know, focus on um, every. I think focusing on winning every game first, then that finals, then the then the top spot will be what we're aiming for. Okay, and just one final question. Obviously, we talked the first time about uh, the Mad Monday period you guys did have with a bit of a delay where the the fireman's hat did come on. 
Um, did that come back again in 2021 for Mad Monday? Was it a bit more of a subdued celebration? Did you go maybe a police hat or something else? What, what did Mad Monday look like this year? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll leave that one. Um, on the very quiet Mad Monday. I think it was. Yeah. All right. Well, if you know, I'm sure if you might not have an idea, and if anyone else doesn't, it will be in the first episode we did record together. But Mimi, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you again and to have you back on. And um, you know. As much as I'll be talking to West Coast players throughout the year and I can't really pick a side out of the two, I do wish the Dockers the best of luck for both this week and the season as a whole and hopefully you guys can go all the way. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I've got an absolute young star of the game with me today, one of one of the best players at West Coast, and she's you know just in her second season now, Bella Lewis. Bella, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back on. Obviously, you came on last year, and you had such great success, and I do want to look at last year. We'll look at the club aspect first and foremost, obviously. Admittedly, a, pr- a pretty poor season for West Coast. You guys did finish third bottom, but there was a lot of promising signs from young players such as yourself. What are some of the main lessons both you and I guess just the team as a whole learned coming out of last season? Yeah, I think it was um, it was a big season last year. I think we we went in kind of knowing we could do better than the season before, but it was struck obviously horribly with injury and and what we got. I think we got to our last game and one of our train ons nearly had to come on the ground. So um, it's not it's not an easy thing, I guess, not having your thirty full um, squad training every every session but I think for us that just kind of helped us was with resilience going to the next season so um, we kind of benefited off that. Okay and you look at your own season personally as I said it was absolutely phenomenal I've got some stats you finished second for disposals first for contested possessions first for clearances and first for tackles at the club absolutely insane numbers Um, you know it's safe to assume it's only up from here you're so young were you at all surprised by the quality of your own performances or taken aback at all by what you achieved and how was it when you look back at the end of the year to see those numbers that you put up? Yeah, I mean, definitely in terms of results, it wasn't what I was expecting um, in first year. But I think, you know, I kind of, as we all, you know how well you can do, but it's not putting, I guess, a ceiling or a number on the disposals or stats or anything like that. It's just playing how you want to play. Um, and I think, you know, I was personally a bit, a little bit lucky to be able to kind of step up, me and myself and um, Michaela Bowen as well, probably had to do a little bit of stepping up last season. So, um, but it's good this year because I think we're all – kind of on an even um, scheme in terms of us all. So it'll it'll be good to see what we do this year. Okay. And as there is every season, there's obviously been a few changes to the squad through, you know, be it the draft, free agency, the trade period. Who are some of these players that have come in that you're really excited for after seeing them in pre-season? You know, some of the players that you think we should look out for this year that have just joined the club? Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely a couple of new older girls and new younger girls as well. So our first pick, Charlie Thomas, obviously she's probably one of the best kicks of the footy I've ever seen, um, and that you will come across in women's footy. Um, as well with Evie Gooch, who's um, going to be one of our key back defenders, who's come over from Freo, so heaps of experience um, will give us a bit of leverage there. All right, and you look overall just at the girls um, over the whole pre-season, you know, the ones that have been there for however long and the new ones as well. Who have been the big improvers over the course of the pre-season that you think will have maybe not so much breakout but really improve 2022s and, you know, be some of the top players at the club this year? Yeah, I think one of them, um, Andrea Gilmore, she's our kind of um, full forward and she got she had a concussion last year and then broke heaps of fingers last year but um, I think she's going to be really the connection of what we need and going from mid to forward so I think she's going to do a heap of improving for us. 
Okay, and the off-season as a whole, it's such a long one for the AFLW. There's obviously the waffle in between it, but it's such a big gap between the start and end of a se- or the end and start of the next season. What did your off-season look like? What were you working on in that time, and what what were you getting up to in your off-season as a whole? Yeah, I guess it is it is, it is a bit of a long um, off-season, so we've got to kind of um, keep straying, keep to our tracks, and um, kind of what we're going to bring into the pre-season. So I had a you know a bit of a holiday like we do for first couple of weeks, um, and then for me it was more about getting in the gym and um, working on my strength, which is trying to kind of what I'm trying to bring into this season is my body work and strength. So Okay, and you talk about that just off-season, pre-season period. You talk about your strength being one of the primary focuses. Was there anything else you really focused on improving key aspects of your game, I guess, that you really want to improve going into next season that you think we should look out for from you next season? Yeah, I think it's going to be strength and probably the other one is composure under pressure. Um, I've, I've never been awesomely amazing at that so um you know I think being one year in the system and going to the next and looking at the other girls who do have that um composure under pressure is going to help me okay and as we were talking about uh, ahead of recording the girls did get up over free on a pre-season scratchy so it's obviously good to get the wood over them ahead of round one where you will be playing them again how exciting is that for the girls to get up in that scratchy you know after the performances last year to get up over Freo and especially given you guys are playing them on Saturday yeah, look, I think it's, um, you know, it's good that we have the evidence that we can beat quality opposition sides. But then again, I think this weekend's game is going to be completely different because I think at half half time in that scratchy, all both teams changed kind of their starting and there was lots of people off. And so it's kind of how much do you take from it? Not, not a heap, but, um, you know, it's good for us that we do have evidence that we can match it to them. Okay, and in terms of improvement, this club is one of the most exciting young sides in the competition. You know, yourself and Bowen were both standouts last year for the club at such a young age, and you have the introduction of Charlie Thomas, as he said, and other big-name players throughout the draft. You know, I'm sure the older girls probably get a bit more excited about it than you do, but how exciting is it to be a part of such a, a young team with so much promise? Yeah, it is good. It's good that we can, um, the older girls, I guess, are laying the foundations for us because, um, as you said, we're, we're a very young side, but I guess it's good that we can kind of hopefully hold success for a, a long number of years after, I guess, the, the older girls pass that on to us. So, um, yeah, it's super exciting. Okay, and ahead of the round one derby, how are you feeling? Obviously, yourself, you're going to have a huge matchup in that midfield. You look at someone like Kiara Bowers, the best player in the game, plays quite similar to yourself in that hard-hitting role, you know, and then other just great names, Hayley Miller, Ebony Antonio. Is is there a sense of nerve or trepidation knowing you have to come up against that sort of quality of midfield and that level of experience, or is it sort of just excitement to be able to prove yourself against those big names? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I think last year was a little bit more nerves, um, the fact that you are coming against girls like that. But this year, it's, it is the excitement of being able to prove it to them and, and um, getting, I guess, sort of the honour to actually play against them. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, if we work together, we can beat them. And the team as a whole ahead of the derby, how is the feeling? I imagine after the scratchy, it is quite good. You know, there's probably a lot of excitement going into this season. Now you guys do have a fully fit squad or just about, you know, how exciting is it heading into round one knowing now it's just days away? Yeah, very exciting. I think, as you said, like fully fit squad, um, we're just raring to go, to be honest. But I guess trying not to hit 100% yet. So we're kind of building from our 70% um, and we're just, yeah, we're really excited to start. Okay, now personally, uh, you can give the team answer here, but I don't want it. You know, I'm sure you're going to say you want to get to finals, whatever. What do you hope to achieve with your own individual footy this year? You know, is all Australian on the cards? Is it just about improving in little areas of your game? What do you hope to achieve this year yourself? Yeah, look, I think it's um, it's 
it's how can you make yourself individually better for the team? And I think um, for me that's not putting um, accolades or achievements on that because then you, I think you just put too much pressure on yourself to achieve that. So for me it's kind of just um, approving, improving little things in my game that will hopefully get me there and get us there to the point where we – eventually we'll play finals. You did very good to spin that into the team <laughs> answer, even though I told you exactly not to. Um, now, before I do let you go, um, I, I will get a few predictions from you. Um, top goal scorer from the club, who do you think that's going to be this year? Oh, maybe Gilly or, or Grace Kelly. Okay. Do you hope to improve your goal scoring at all this year? Obviously, you're you're a bit of a workhorse, so you're doing all the hard work in the midfield. It's understandable you don't want to go forward and do it all, but is there that aim to try and get some goal scoring into your into your gameplay? Yes, there definitely is. I think I definitely want to be a midfielder that kicks goals, so I'm hoping at least one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good goal. That's what I usually go into every season. Um, this year's best and fairest. Do you back? You know, you can say yourself. You don't have to go. Uh, you know, modest here. You can say yourself if you back yourself. Do you think someone else takes charge? Who do you think takes best and fairest? this year from the club? I reckon it'll be Ash McCarthy. Okay. You yeah. did very good again yeah. just to palm it <laughs> off to someone. Where do you think you'll fall in that top three? I have no idea. Um, and just as a whole, where do you think the club finishes? You know, this may sound like a dumb question. I'm sure you're going to say something like, you know, we want to make finals, we want to get as high as we can, but where do you think the club realistically finishes in 2022? Um, to be honest, like, I don't have a definite answer for that because I think going in with COVID like there's going to be so many teams that will fall because of the COVID and and um you know might help us kind of go up the ladder a little bit so I think we just need to focus on what we're going to do and hopefully get you know a lot higher than we were last year. Okay and you, you do talk about that this year you, you look at something like the big bash which is you know the main thing going on in Australia right now how much COVID's affected that you know it's pretty crazy you think games being postponed it's whole new teams there and it could be a, a similar site for the AFLW what has been the discussion? You know, you guys prepared to go into sort of isolation and lockdown. You know, you have no idea what's going to happen and it really could just be a matter of who avoids COVID the best that takes it out this year. Yeah, 100%. So we have to leave next Saturday to Melbourne for about three weeks um, and there was an article that was released that basically said if your team beats COVID, you're halfway to the premiership, which is, you know, not um, not too far-fetched, to be honest. Like, there's a couple of teams that are in complete isolation at the moment, so and that affects their, I guess, chemistry and cohesion. So, um, you know, if we can just not get COVID and yeah. be safe when we're in Melbourne, hopefully we'll get there. And what's the discussion been like with work? I'm sure work's very, you know, understanding that you want to – you've got a dream to achieve here. You know, what's that discussion like saying, oh, I have to jet off for three weeks and I don't know when I'll be coming back? Yeah, well, I mean, I work at Rebel, so it's yeah, pretty yeah. – um, they're pretty flexible with that kind of yep. stuff. But, yeah, it is a little bit like, you know, we could be gone for three, five weeks. We have no idea. So, see ya. We'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, know, do you know who you're rooming with in that time? Is there any – Anyone you do want to room with, anyone you don't want to room with? In I think one? we get our own rooms actually, oh, which is yeah, which is pretty good, but could be a bit lonely at times. Yeah. Um, but I think I wouldn't mind rooming with everyone to be honest. But the I'm really light sleeper, and yep. um, she's gonna hate me for this, but Maddie Collier, mad snorer, <laughs> like mad snorer. Yeah. So I couldn't couldn't do that. <laughs> all right. well, that's all I've got for you, Bella. It was great to great to get you on again ahead of round one. Obviously, last season you just did absolutely phenomenal, so I thought I'd get you in before any of the big performances this year. But um, hopefully this year is, is only up for you and the team. I can imagine it is for both. And hopefully, you know, it's not just club best and fairest you're taking out, but you're looking at that league best and fairest this year. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cheers for coming on. Thank you so much. 
right now. It was obviously absolutely great. You, unfortunately, you couldn't be there, but... I was very upset. Yeah, w- it was great to, to speak to Mim, Mim and Bella. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think for the majority of this year, as it stands with, with your work and my work intersecting, although I completely didn't forgot that you had work <laughs> off this week, so you probably could have done those two. That's okay. But is it? Oh, I look, feel like I, I've let you down now. No, I'll be okay. I'll just... Yeah, I'll move on. I'll find a way. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, but, you know, there, there'll be more of these interviews to come throughout the year. Obviously, big thank you to those girls and wish them the best of luck uh, for their game on Saturday. Now, Sunday, 9th of January, 11.10am at Flinders Uni, Adelaide versus Brisbane. It's the grand final replay. Adelaide finished the, the end of the season on top, Brisbane second, but Brisbane obviously taking out the flag, absolutely huge. Um, it, it, a huge game, grand final replay at round one. Do you, do you like that? Yeah, I do. Uh Big fan of it. Obviously, they're doing it in the AFL men as well. So, uh, grand final replay to kick or kick things off, I guess, in a sense. Uh, but it'll be exciting. Yeah. Now, Adelaide, when you look at their stars, they're crazy. Chelsea Randell, Ebony Marinoff, and Aaron Phillips. Phillips, you know, I guess the, the Gary Ablett Jr. of uh, AFLW in the sense that she's just a legend of the game. She's, you know, by far been the best player of all time in, in the AFLW short history and someone everyone can look up to. And then for Brisbane, Dakota Davidson, Katie Lucas, they got Sfarki down back as well. It's it's a very exciting matchup uh, between both two teams. Adelaide have been one of the best teams across the history of AFLW so far, and Brisbane obviously taking out the flag last year. Uh, how do you see this game going down? Uh, this will be a draw. A draw? Oh, I think it'll be a draw. Taking yeah. out the draw? Yeah. What's the score? Uh, 47 apiece. Okay, beauty. Um, I'm going to tip Adelaide to get them back here. Okay. I, I think Brisbane obviously did very well to win the final, but I think Adelaide uh, may be the better team over the longer longer period. Uh, 1.10pm at, and I always get this wrong, is it Icon or Econ Park? Icon. Icon Park. Uh, Carlton versus Collingwood. Carlton 7th, Collingwood. Your girls, 3rd. Uh, do you keep up with Collingwood much? Oh. Yeah, we, we missed the, the grand final by it. was under a goal we lost to yeah, Brisbane. Yeah, so. it was very narrow. Collingwood, another team, much like North and Melbourne, you know, absolutely star-studded across the park. And you look at Rian Davey, Chloe Malloy, Brittany Benici, just absolute stars. And then uh, for Carlton, Darcy Vescio, who has come out as non-binary. Um, so that's absolutely yes. huge for them. Um, and Matty Prasparkas, who, who has won a best and fairest in the league, which is um, also just huge for 19 years old, just absolutely insane. So the quality's there for Carlton, but Collingwood do look the much better team. Yeah, I think the Pies will win this one by nine goals. Nine goals? Yep. Okay, I'm going to back Collingwood by maybe four or five goals. Um, and final game of the round, and at probably my new favourite ground in Australia, <laughs> Great Barrier Reef Arena. Can't say I've ever heard of it before this week. I definitely have heard of it. I don't know in what capacity, though. I hope it's right next to the Great Barrier Reef. Like, it's literally <laughs> the beach is next to the car park. Like, it shares a car park with a beach. That's how... I hope so. I really hope that's the case. I hope the stand's low enough that you can nearly see the beach from inside the ground. Yeah. Like, Th- that would be pretty intense. But not when, obviously, global warming comes in and sea levels rise and then... The ground goes in the no. next few years. <laughs> no. So we've got limited time to enjoy Great Barrier Reef Arena <laughs> if that is the case. But Gold Coast, they finished bottom last year, 14th, winless. 
So um, not good, not good at all. Yeah. Bit like the actual Gold Coast in their first few years, mm. um, and GWS ninth. Um, you know, Gold Coast do have some good players. Uh, Glenda Ho- Hovarth, Hovarth um, great goal scorer, and uh, Charlie Rowbottoms, obviously huge inclusion at pick one. And then for GWS, Alice Parker, Beeson, Evo, they've got quality across the park. So, so the, the the quality's there for both teams, but it's a matter of whether or not they will kick. I can't see either of these teams having a huge part to say this season, but I think they will. They'll definitely both rock up. I'll give them that. <laughs> You'd but, hope so. Yeah, you would hope they rock up. And I, I, again, as you say, all teams really should be improving for the next yeah. 10 to 15 years of the AFLW. Um, how do you see this one going down? Do you think Gold Coast utilise that Great Barrier Reef Arena home ground advantage? I think the sun's going to rise. I think it's going to be a hot day. Yep. And I think Gold Coast will be used to that and they'll pounce. Um, and immediately after they go for a scuba dive on Ningaloo. Exactly. Uh, it'll be a 13-point win to the Suns and they'll be excited. Yeah, 13-point win to the Suns. But overall, I lost a great barrier reef um, as the coral is dying and we can't forget that. So make sure to do everything you can uh, to prevent climate change. Yes. It begins with little things, Matt. Of course. How like, much do you know about climate change? Oh, look, I know it's a big issue. Yep. You know, sea levels are going to rise by six metres by 2050. I don't, I don't like to think about it. Fremantle um, could be gone, right? No. The circuit? No, the not Fre- Benny's. The Frio circuit could be gone by the time we're 50, mate. Well, that'll be upsetting because I'll still be heading there. So. Milf hunting. Yeah. You assume. Um, but look, obviously, um, we talk about great issues and climate change is one of the ones we're really big on here at the footy yard. So we're doing everything we can. Uh, to prevent that. All the little things. Light's not on. We're using natural lighting. Yes. Because we love the environment. Now, a few predictions, Matthew, uh, not related to climate change. Uh, we'll do AFLW-related predictions. Now, best first-year player. So it could be from the draft. It could be someone who's just come in from elsewhere. Who do you think, you know, for, from your research, to get you to do a bit of research, who yeah. do you think is your best first-year player this year? Look. I, I thought I had to go with one of our friends who were on the couch because yep. it'd be rude of me not to. And um, I've had that supported by, you said, uh, the guest you had yep. in said she's the best kick she's ever seen. Yep. Charlie Thomas. Yes, I've also gone Charlie Thomas. Oh, I huge. thought you would have gone Lanky Frankie. I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Nah. I've heard good things about her for up forward this year. So hopefully she also has a big year. Yeah. Definitely Charlie Thomas. The fact that West Coast will have Isabella Lewis, Michaela Bowen, and Charlie Thomas will all be... I believe under the age of 21 is just absolutely immense. Insane. Insane in the membrane. Um, now, as far as best player under 22 years of age, this is obviously a pretty big one in the AFLW yeah. because they, these players are right at the top of the competition. Who do you think takes it out this year? I've listed two down. Yep. Only because one of these girls is 22 and I wasn't sure if that counted. So I listed her first. Um, we mentioned her earlier, the G train. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Greaser. Yep. Uh, obviously, she's already dominated before, but I think she's just going to go up to another level. Yep, the, the G-trainer. Um, I'll allow that. Who, who was your other one out of interest? My other one from North Melbourne, um, 20-year-old Mia King. Okay. Uh, she's a in-and-under midfielder. She's burst on the scene. I think she's going to have a bigger year. I think she's going to go to another level. Great insight. I'm, I'm backing in, um, and by no means am I a West Coast supporter here. Or, or biased, but I am backing in uh, Bella Lewis, who was oh. sitting just there 40 minutes ago. I'm backing uh, her in to take it out. I think, you know, to win the best and fairest at the club in your first year, she put up absolutely insane numbers. She's very similar to Kiara Bowers in the sense that she's a contested bull 
um, you know, absolutely insane. And she did say she wants to add some goal scoring to her to her craft this year. So if she does that and, you know, keeps working on her craft, keeps improving, I think she will uh, blow the competition away this year. Now, in terms of top goal scorer, are you backing in the G train for that, doubling down, or you think someone a bit more experienced will take that out? I think Darcy Vettia is going to go for her third. Their third. Uh, Their Correct, their yes. third. Their second in a row, third overall. She won the first one and won it yep. last year. It can be an easy. I, I was thinking about it myself when I was trying to bring it up. I was like thinking about what I'd say, and then I kept thinking that I was saying her and not there. It's a very difficult thing to remember. Apologies, Darcy. And sorry, Darcy, we know you are listening. So, now this is totally... Yeah. What What would she prefer? Obviously, she wouldn't be Miss Vessio. They. They Vessio. No, they wouldn't be Miss Vessio. Sorry. Yes. Would... Would they be considered the Vessio? I'm unsure. I hope it's the, the Vessio. I think legally it would probably still come under Ms. Vessio if she got mail. Yeah. I'd assume it would still come under Ms. Vessio. But that's a very good question. I'm not sure what the formal title would be. Call in Das. Yes. We'll, we'll definitely have to look into that, what the formal title for a non-binary person would be. It's a very good question. Oh. I've never thought of that before. We'll definitely have to do yeah. that research, I mean, among other things, um, with our climate change research yeah. um, heading into round This podcast two. is going in all directions. We are getting real. How <laughs> New Year, new us. Look at us. <laughs> We're serious. We talk about the big topics. Um, I'm backing in Katie Brennan, the top goal scorer. Okay. I, I think, obviously, the G train did it a couple of years ago, but I think the top goal scorer here is really somewhere where the experienced girls shine through. You know, that they've got more body on them, got more size on them, that they're just contested marking bulls. And I think Katie Brennan's one of those who are just going to hustle and bustle her way through. And as Richmond improve, I think she'll have an absolutely phenomenal season. Now, best and fairest, Matthew, who do you think is going to be the league best and fairest come the end of this season? I've gone with Lauren Pierce from okay. the Melbourne Demons. Uh, big Ruckman. Yeah. Uh, she's... Ruck, ruck woman? I was also thinking <laughs> about that. Ruck person? Ruck woman? A ruck. Big ruck. Yep. Uh, she's been all Australian before. Yep. Uh, I think she's going to have a really, really big year. Um, you know, she averages about 20 hitouts a game and 12 disposals a game. I think that's going to rise. I think they're, we're going to be going, this is ridiculous. And it's going to be a ruckman taking out the league's best and fair. Ruck person. Yes. Taking out the league's best and fairest. I think so. Where? That's an absolutely huge call from you. I don't mind it. I've gone with uh, Ebony Marinoff uh, from the, from the Crom. I think she is just absolutely insane. She's she's you know one of the better players in the league consistently, and I think this year is the year she takes that step up. I think Kiara Bowers will be up there um, to go back to back, but I think Ebony Marinoff takes it out now. Biggest riser team, you know, which team do you think is going to be the biggest improver this year from last year? I've gone with West Coast. Yep. Uh, as much as I don't like them as a club, in some capacities. Yep. I look. I've never heard of an annoying West Coast AFLW supporter. Yeah, not yet. All the ones I've spoken to are quite nice, quite pleasant, yeah. quite realistic on their expectations. It's just the men's supporters <laughs> okay. that are just like shut up. So, we'll say we like the AFLW West Coast women supporters. Yes, definitely. Uh, yes, I've got the Eagles. I think they'll be a, a much improved team. Yep. Not saying that they'll make finals or win the flag, but I just think they'll be improved. I, I'm absolutely with you there. I think they'll they'll be looking at that 
you know, seventh to tenth range as opposed to where they were last year. Obviously, tenth would probably be a little bit, you know, low for them still. But I, I think they'll be pushing finals. I think they'll they'll have games where they take it to the big teams. You know, COVID permitted, obviously. All these predictions are COVID permitted. Um, but I, I think that they'll definitely take it to the to the big girls this year. Um, and the flag, the winners this year, who are you backing in? Look, I wanted to say Collingwood. Yep. They did come third last year, so I could have. I've gone with Melbourne. I've absolutely gone with Melbourne as well. Just the ins they've had. If Liv Purcell can, you know, get a full season fully fit out of her, that's just absolutely immense for them. And I think Karen Paxman, obviously, what she's doing, your girl in the ruck, and Taylor Harris is a huge inclusion. There were performances last year, maybe not up to scratch for, you know, the money she was asking for and the, the quality of player she is. But I think if they can get everything right, Melbourne could really be up to this year. Or it just all goes to poop. The trades don't work and they fall out of finals. That that could also happen. It just would be a a thing you see happen pretty regularly. Yeah, because you look at Richmond. You know they had you know the same thing. Quality of players: Katie Brennan, they had Frederick Shaw, they had Monconti, and they just didn't quite get it done. Yeah, they just didn't quite compete. Uh, but that's it for our first uh, first view into the AFLW. Hopefully, you know we can get the time to watch a few games this week and we can really deep dive in. You can We can talk about our first experience watching an AFLW game live. So all very exciting opportunities to come. I, I thank Mim and Bella for coming on uh, for today's episode and um, I, I look forward to the season ahead, Matthew, and continuing to learn so much more about the game. I'm excited as well.